the Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the first Sunday of Lent for the week of March 10th, 2019, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to get into this week's podcast, and welcome to Lent. Having just gone through Ash Wednesday, I hope that your Lenten season is going well, and I hope that you are figuring out a way to process what we're going through here as we begin this Lenten journey that I think is often a time of deep reflection, of deep understanding of oneself, along with thinking about what the cost was that we get the benefits of that was freely given. And we really don't think about what that actually meant at times to the extent because it's hard for us to grapple with and understand. It's a deep subject that we get 40 plus days to work on. And I'm excited that we're here to start this journey together. So, Before we get into this week's podcast, let's reference back to the question that we had last week of what little moments do you not overlook that make a big difference? I think for one example for me that I can think of is when I was a child or even younger in the faith, I think one of the ones that's really important to me is adults caring. People taking the time to care about you, to listen to you, to try to understand what you're going through is a big deal. We often overlook those little moments, those little bit of time, those people who just sat with you and listened, those people who just were there, who just were trying to be. And I think there's a lot of times that we forget in this life and especially in the culture that we're in, that it's go, 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 go. And if I'm not doing something, I'm doing something wrong. That we forget that just being is sometimes as important, if not more important, than anything that we can do. Being present, being there, being able to comprehend and think about these things and just be. And I think it's one of the weak points right now in our culture. When we're trying to get through difficult issues, we don't just be and try to actually listen and go back and forth. And it's unfortunate that we have that type of culture that doesn't allow for that to happen. So, I have a couple shameless plugs, and one of them being, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I love checking out their commentaries, their discussions. There's just a lot of really good stuff, even their podcast. The one I typically check out is their Sermon Braidways podcast with Caroline Lewis, Ralph Jacobson, and Matt Skinner, as it goes through the lectionary text and helps preachers figure out what they're going to preach about. And it gives me, since I'm not an ordained minister, listening to college seminary professors, it gives me a lot of insight. So I'd recommend, if you haven't checked it out, to check out Working Preacher. And I know the last few weeks I've been kind of plugging God Friend of Me, which I'd highly recommend, again, if you haven't checked that out. I've also really been enjoying Miracle Workers on TBS. It's a short series that they're doing. Again, if you haven't checked that out, I'd highly recommend it. But let's jump into this week. The gospel text this week is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. And I think before we even get into what this reading is about, we have to remember that this is before Jesus goes out into the ministry. This is essentially his first thing. He's gathered his disciples, and now he goes through this, and that is the temptation of Satan and Jesus. 
40 days together. And Satan has three different questions that he asks Jesus. And he's asking them to command this stone to turn into a loaf of bread. Jesus responds with, one does not live by bread alone. The devil then shows him all the kingdoms of the world and how he can have authority and glory of all this if he just bows down and worships him. And Jesus responds, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Finally, the devil takes him to Jerusalem, puts him on the pinnacle of the temple, and essentially asks him to jump because he states, which we'll find is also in the psalm this week, he has commanded his angels concerning to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus responds eloquently with, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And the devil departs until an opportune time to end verse 13. And I think there's a lot of depth there. And we'll talk about it. I want to look at the scripture text from a little bit different perspective and not as much from digging into the temptations themselves. I thought Sermon Brainways this week really had a good discussion talking about identity and the promise that comes from that identity. And I think if we think about our human identity this week, there's a little bit there, but there's still some really good readings here to consider and look at. So the first reading this week is from Deuteronomy chapter 26 verses 1 through 11. And this is interesting to kind of pair with this. And it's going through and discussing how we go through and harvest the fields and such that we should be putting aside our first fruits for God and making sure that we are honoring God with some of our best. And that's where it goes through and talks about how God has provided with bringing the Israelites out of Egypt and how that he helped guide them with that. And that is part of why we celebrate God with this bounty and putting stuff aside. It's part of where we get the tithing idea, one of the sections that has that. It's an interesting reading to put here, and we'll dig a little bit into that. The psalm this week is Psalm 91, verses 1 through 2 and 9 through 16. And like I stated, part of why this is here is because this is the section that Satan is referencing to Jesus in the temptation in Luke's gospel. And when we're looking at this, it's not meant to be putting your glory to God to the test. It's a glorification hymn or this glorification passage about how great and how powerful our God is and yet how much he does care about us. And that from that, we should be willing to answer the call, whatever that call is, that he will help guide us through those times. The second reading is from Romans chapter 10, verses 8b to 13. And again, this is talking about 
how Jesus has saved us. As long as we are confessing with our lips and with our hearts that we will be saved, that we don't have to worry about what happens after this life because the Lord is there and he will bring us through that, that he won't have these distinctions as long as we believe we're part of that family. And I think it's an interesting way as we get into this text to think about family and what does family really mean. And when I was thinking about this and when Sermon Brainwaves podcast got into identity, I started to think about it in a much more scientific type of way of what is our role. If we're God's creation and this whole thing that we know is God's creation, thus then that would all be part of God's family, right? or at least family heirlooms, and we're told to take care of this place, but how well do we really understand that identity, understand that role? When we're getting bombarded with the possibility of at least destruction of our planet and destruction of God's creation, and they have plenty of statistics on finding what is the current extinction rate that they're estimating because we probably don't even know what's all there. It's disturbing. And we're told that part of our call is to take care of this place. Jesus is going through an identity check with Satan, where Satan is throwing out and pulling different pieces of scripture to try to tempt Jesus in leading him astray. But yet Jesus stays firm to what the gospel and what has been told to them about what the Savior brings. And yet, when we think about this, if we were in that situation, how well would we stand up? We wouldn't. Something would get in the way, and yet, in this case, Jesus doesn't have that. And I'd argue, if we look through other parts of Scripture, we're told this is what our role is. We're told to take care of this place that we live. It's the first thing we're told to do. Name the animals. And you would name something because you care about it. And yet, we ignore it. We just disassociate with it. We try seeing that we're separate. If you think about the best bosses you've ever had, the best leaders you've ever had, to me at least, they're the ones who humbled themselves to hear what was going on with everybody. Didn't matter how high or how low on the totem pole they were, they were at least going to give them an ear and truly listen. And it gave you the impression that there might be some type of hierarchy, but they're at least giving you your time to consider what you're having to say and to be able to then think about how that the decisions that they're making are affecting people at your level. It's powerful to feel like you've been heard. And I think that's one of the things that we're looking at in a lot of these scripture passages this week. Look at Deuteronomy. God is reminding us of all these things that he has done for us. All these different things where he has made sure and made the time for us. And the one thing that he asked from us is to just make sure we set aside some of our best crop, some of our best first fruits, the best ones for him, because that he has continued to provide for us when we didn't have much of anything. We have the psalm talking about how he is this great 
protector. He's this person that wants to be with us and to dwell with us and to guide us and and work with us and protect us. But we still have to listen to him and answer that call and do what he is telling us to do. That when we look at the second reading, as long as those words have been said by our lips and are truly in our hearts, that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, especially in this time of Lent, that we will see him go to die, that we still believe that he will continue to be with us, and he doesn't see us any differently than just brothers and sisters in Christ, and that we're just a big family. The thing that's very difficult at times is realizing that we're really not that much different in a lot of ways from the rest of God's creation. But we have been given a special role of taking care of this place. Taking care is not easy. It's difficult. It's time. And time is one of our most valuable resources that we have. And when we think about it, a lot of the moments in life where we encounter God deepest is when we give him time, time to speak, time to be, and time for us that we're not consumed with the next thing that we're supposed to be doing, that we're stopping and admiring what he has made for us, to feel the awe and beauty of what is around us consistently, because that's the type of God that we have. Jesus confirmed his identity in front of Satan. And Satan at that moment knew that this was an opposer. He knew at this point that this was the beginning of his banishment. He was going to try to make sure that this does not happen. But we know that because of the end of Lent and the beginning of Easter, that this is a battle he will not win. That Jesus will overtake him. We have been given a challenge of making sure, one, that we're honoring God, and a lot of that's in the verses that we have this week. But I would also argue, how well are we doing with the first thing we were told to do? To name and care for the environment, the place, the home that we're renting from God. We don't own this place. We don't have ownership. We shouldn't be making claims that we own this place because we don't. It's on lease. And at some point, the rent is due. And yet, we've had a person who paid the rent for us as long as we believe that he will and take care of this place. It's a hard thing to think about because it's something that we're not good at, is being still, being okay with change, being okay with trusting God, but also having that keen eye of where do we have to stop something? Where do we need to cut something back so that the garden can flourish? Where do we, to quote back from the last couple weeks, where do we need to humble oneself? And I would argue Lent is a perfect time to consider that. So the question of the week, you can answer on Twitter or shoot me a message. I'd love to hear your response to this. Where do you feel and know that you are part of creation, not separate from it? Where do you know that you are part of creation and not separate from it? Because I think it's one of those things that we really need to contemplate and really put through our minds, that this is not ours, that we're just part of this 
place and we're just supposed to be taking care of this place so to add on to that question where do you feel like we're actually taking care of this place where do you think we're taking care of this place because we can't bring it with us all we have in this when we really think about it and it's a morbid way to end a podcast but all we have is faith hope and love and the greatest of these is love so we'll wrap this up as we always do i pray god blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science